Welcome back to another episode of Chatty Potter. Was Snape good or bad? Was Dumbledore a good person who made good decisions? Those are all questions that me and Dan, also known as Yeeted Zombie on TikTok, are going to be talking about in this episode. Before we jump in, if you had any suggestions for topics that we could discuss in future episodes, we take those suggestions over on Patreon. You can support us there for £5 a month, interact with us, get early access to these podcasts and more. It's patreon.com slash chattypotter. Now that's out of the way, let's jump into the episode. Cool. Dan, thanks for joining me, mate. I appreciate it. Do you want to um, start by talking about what you do on the internet, what content you make? No, thanks for having me. Um, I make ridiculous Harry Potter videos um, that range from me doing Snape impressions over Alan Rickman's face or putting a bit of black fabric on my head and doing a real life <laughs> impersonation or um, giving my hot takes on various things um, that sometimes turn out more controversial than I intended. But Such as? I mean, I said that Molly Weasley was amazing and that Arthur Weasley wasn't, and I got absolutely annihilated. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I thought I was being quite innocent in that. But we'll yeah. Okay. okay. Um, we'll come back to the Snape thing in a minute. I just want to, I don't think I've seen this video that you've said that. What's wrong with Arthur? Just, I won't crucify you. Wow. Like comments like that, but... <laughs> Look, what, what it was, I kept seeing loads of like people slating Molly Weasley um, for being a bad parent, a bad mother to Ron and Fred and George and that. And my argument was simply that the, nobody is picking up on the fact that Arthur Weasley is also their parent. And I was like, it's misogyny at the base because everyone is saying Molly Weasley is a bad mother, but nobody is saying anything bad about Arthur Weasley. And then I've just made a point about how Molly Weasley is more talented at witchcraft and magic than Arthur is, which is proven because she does all these intricate spells yeah. around the house and she kills, at the end of the day, she kills Bellatrix Lestrange, like the woman that killed Sirius Black, for goodness sake. Um, and why is she working at home when Arthur would, is working with muggle artifacts? He knows nothing about muggles. Why is he even in that job? Anyway, it... <laughs> It, I suppose it was a bit of a um, an emotional outburst. Yeah, it feels like a character assassination. <laughs> I just love Molly Weasley. Um, I I feel like yeah. I've missed this Molly is a bad mother train. I don't th- feel like I've caught much of that. I had about eight videos in a row, and I was like, I and I just got furious, and I did, <laughs> I just <laughs> hit record, gave my view on it, and then everyone got furious at me in return. So there we go. <laughs> uh, a nice exchange. Okay, like I think it's. I mean, it's pretty evident that Molly is a more talented witch than Arthur is a wizard. And I think it's fair to to say if people are blaming bad upbringings on just the mother, yeah, there's 100% misogyny there. I think yeah. they're both quite good parents, to be honest. I think they're... Arthur is like a blithering idiot, don't get me wrong, but he's his heart's in the right place, and I feel like he raises his kids with integrity and good moral fibre for the most part, right? I think so. I think the main... A lot of people were saying how... If Arthur was the one that was left at home with the kids, um, then it would be destruction, which I get, but then it shouldn't be. Like, I am a father, and I know that I can look after my child as well as my wife can look after our child. Yeah. And that's where I'm, that's the point I was trying to make of it shouldn't be like that. And I know it was in the 90s and it was a long time ago now, but um, anyway. Even so, exactly. I just, yeah, I got very, I got very heated about it. I find it funny that if Arthur stayed at home, it would be a disaster. Is a defence of him as a parent? I know! 
I know. I also did, to be fair, I did start the video with Molly Weasley is a queen and Arthur Weasley is trash. And then I think <laughs> <a> couple people. <laughs> I wonder why they got riled up. <laughs> it's just how I felt at the time. Sorry. No, no, don't apologize. You die on that hill if you have to. <laughs> I have. I have died on that hill. <laughs> nice. Um, backtracking to Snape then, because that's that's the first of your content that I saw was your Snape stuff. And I have to say, I think you do the best Alan Rickman Snape impression that I have heard. So I was going to ask, can you oh, do God. an intro to my podcast as Severus Snape? Oh, right, I've got to get the right... Um... You warm up as, as best you need. I should have practiced this. Sometimes it comes out really nasally, and sometimes it comes out all right. So. If it's bad, you can just send me another voice clip and I'll dub it over the podcast. <laughs> my um, my warm-up to Snape is, is just a standard, hmm. <laughs> and that's what I get into the rest. And that's it. <laughs> and, hello. Welcome to Chatty Potter with Brett Ball. How was that? That was phenomenal. That's going at the start of every single I like, podcast. I never know if it's good or not. I have to watch it back. I'm like, I oh, know that's not quite Snape. Um, I don't know what I do to get it. This is the problem. So then when I get it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I do. I'm sorry. You've, you're saying you don't know what you do to get it, but you've just told me your warm-up is just going, hmm. I feel like you know exactly what you do to get it. It's just finding the right. It's between the, It's like between the throat and the nose. So it's, sometimes it's two nose and sometimes it's too much throat. <laughs> Brilliant. Amazing. Can you give me some iconic lines? Can you give me people might think you're up to something with the pause? Oh, my God. Where's the, I, haven't seen, I haven't watched the films in about 10 years. Um, people might think you're up to something. Amazing. The best one is that my favourite one is just mm -hmm. Lord Gillimans. <laughs> it's like when he does the spells because it's just a burst of like. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! I love it. It's like there's literally an ensemble coming together on TikTok, right? There's like because you've got the like the the Marauders cosplayers who are a group now. They are decided. We have a James, a uh, uh, a Sirius, uh, a Lupin, a Pettigrew, and a Lily. And I feel like, obviously, um, Shan Wills is the is McGonagall. I feel like you she have to take your place as Snape. I mean, I would love to be that person. I don't. I think I like. I don't think in my head I don't sound as much as like Snape as people say. So I think I need to just get over that and be like, no, listen to people. But you're right. They're like Shan Wills is absolutely McGonagall. And like, mm -hmm. if they ever if they re remake Harry Potter and she is not McGonagall, I will start a riot. <laughs> I think she would as well. To be fair. Um, but yeah, it's, and you're right. Like, I like, the best thing about Harry Potter is like, so I joined the fandom. Like, I joined TikTok a few months ago, and then all of a sudden, you're part. Like, within about a month, I had just a network of people, and like, it's so nice. And you like you say about the Marauders cosplayers, I'm obsessed with the Marauders cosplayers. Are you? And um, and they all like get on. It seems in the comments and stuff. So it's like there's no competition or anything. Everyone's like that. bigging each other up. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. And so uh, I love this, like, the fandom on TikTok. Like, because I hear discussion of, like, tos toxicity and people, like, tearing each other down. But I I don't know if I'm just lucky in a bubble or, like, naive to it. But I just don't see it. Like, if everything I see is supportive and bigging each other up and stuff. Yeah, me too. I don't see much negative stuff, I don't think. And if I do, it's about the author or about yeah. certain characters. Like, there's a massive, massive divide on characters like Snape and Draco mm -hmm. and that 
like sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm not going to engage with these videos because I don't want to see any more of it. Like I just, <laughs> I don't like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, that's the perfect segue as well. I was like, I was thinking, how are we going to segue into this? And you've done it perfectly. Uh, so you do a great oh, well. Snape impression. I thought we could talk about what you think of Snape as a character um, and all that stuff you've said you're not going to engage with. I'm going to try and get out of here. <laughs> so is, is Snape your favourite or is just the one you can do the best impression of? So I think, right, I think Snape is my favourite character but not because of the character like my favorite character is it's a toss-up between Sirius Black and Remus Lupin like so he is not my favorite character because of who he is mm -hmm. but I think in terms of the complexities of the character um he is just on, a, on another level and I think book Snape and film Snape I think are two very different people absolutely and I think either either one that you look at there is so much, there's so much there to him. Like he is intricately involved in the entire storyline of Harry Potter because he ultimately is the reason that James and Lily were killed because yeah. of the prophecy that he spilled to um, Voldemort. So, yeah. and then he was in love with Lily, and so he has that has to live with that guilt that he is responsible ultimately for Lily's death, um, and then he suddenly has Harry come to school who looks like spitting him as an image of James mm -hmm. but has Lily's eyes and he hate obviously had that rival with James but there's there's a lot to it and and you can see why but in the films it's played like perfectly but he is not an evil character yeah and that, that's where it falls apart for me because I think you've got evil characters like Umbridge and Voldemort that unquestionably bad and evil and in the book, I feel like Snape falls into that category so much and throughout so much of the story yeah. that when it comes out that he had this whole redemption in inverted commas, then it's hard to believe. But in the films, it's so easy to believe. And, mm -hmm. it, and the way he treats Harry and the other, the other school kids in the films is so different. It's like that teacher who, oh, don't wind them up, but also it's quite fun to wind them up. Yeah. Whereas in the book, that is not the case. Like you do not cross Snape in the books. Yeah, I think you're right. There's there's an obvious difference between the book and the movie. Like, it, and it's for me, it's like it's most shown in this, like the scene in the Prison of Azkaban, right, where he blocks the kids from Lupin. Whereas in the book, there's no way he'd put himself as a human barrier for them yeah, in that situation. At best, he would drag Harry away and let Ron and Hermione get torn apart. Like, hundred <laughs> percent. He does. He has no obligation to them, and that is that is actually like probably demonstrates it the best out of mm -hmm. anything is that he protects Harry because he's got to, he's obligated to do that. He has no obligation to protect Ron and Hermione. So no. he wouldn't do that at all. And that, that is, yeah, I think that, that is quite well demonstrated. That's a good example. Yeah. It's that's it in a nutshell. Like, and you see him in the books, don't you? Like tormenting Hermione to the point where she doesn't get her teeth like magically corrected because like she gets them elongated and then Snape's like, I don't see a difference. My impression is yeah. so much worse than yours. Um, but he's like, I don't <laughs> see a difference. And so she like she gets a compulsion about it and so she gets them magically fixed. And then he like he he and he literally is Neville's biggest fear in I all know. of the world. Like not Bellatrix who tortured his parents, it's it's his potions teacher. Like, you don't get to that point without emotionally abusing children. Like and we forget, and I, I talked about this in an earlier podcast with um, with T. I think it was the last episode, actually. Um, 
Snape is in Voldemort's inner circle, right? So even though it doesn't take place in the narrative of the book, the only way you'd get to Voldemort's inner circle is by murdering Muggleborns. Like, you cannot convince me that he hasn't done that. Otherwise, Voldemort wouldn't hold him in such high regard, right? He had yeah. to have got his hands much dirtier than we ever see. I think... So I think... I, I do agree. I think that J.K. Rowling doesn't think that Snape has killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she wrote all of this in we're thinking that yes Snape has committed murder because she makes such a massive point of him being a good legitimate so I think in her, I don't know I can't obviously I don't know but I think that he hasn't killed anybody but he has managed to convince Voldemort that he has and Voldemort cannot see we know that Voldemort can't see what Snape actually thinks he can't use yeah. that on on him so I think that that's the case and because jk okay, rowling is fair. so defensive over this over snape and she is so much on this he is the bravest character he's amazing he's brilliant i think she i don't i don't know i get this little feeling that in her head he hasn't killed somebody but in everyone else's head he obviously must have but again it's complex isn't it because you every part of that character you can literally have an opinion either way because it is so well formed he's so well formed and his storyline is so full whereas some yeah. characters they're just you just don't know like with umbridge like she's just evil is there something redeeming in her probably because nobody actually is pure evil but we don't see anything apart from the evil um so how so that and that's where a snape you know you do he's far more fleshed out so you see those those parts of him yeah i think with umbridge it's like it's like, she's widely regarded as more of a villain than Voldemort, right? So many people, particularly on TikTok, I see so many people say she's, like, worse than Voldemort. And I think you take that with a pinch of salt, but it's mostly because she's the most relatable, right? She's not, like, she's not this, like, well, she is sinister, but she's not this, like, murderous, evil for evil sake, like, big bad evil guy like Voldemort is, right? Voldemort just wants to live forever and kill people. Whereas Umbridge is evil within the confines of the law. She's, like, she's, like, a modern day politician right yeah she is corrupt and exploitative and manipulative and it's just like it's so much more relatable as a kind of evil which is why i think she's so negatively perceived like also than the murderous fascist if 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 the government turned around and said our new home secretary is dolores umbridge um and she walked through you'd be like yeah, it makes sense. She fits with the current. I mean, it's a step in, step up, if you ask me. From Pretty Patel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, she is a relatable evil. Voldemort is so beyond anything we can imagine. Like, mm-hmm. and I, you know, in the books where he's got he's got what is it, red eyes, and he's you know his his appearance when you read it in the books isn't human. So yeah, it's like serpentine. Yeah, you can't relate to Voldemort. So he is pure evil, but almost a caricature of evil. Mm-hmm. Whereas Umbridge is just that person that you want to punch in the face and like you have people i've worked with people like that i've had to deal with people like that on a daily basis where i I literally like if you talk to me one more time i'm just going to scream and that is what umbridge is to all of the people um and to the point where i struggled reading the fifth book because i was like i can't deal with this this how much she's bringing it all down do you know because the third and the fourth like they go up and up and up and there's so much happening it's all exciting and then in the fifth one i'm like oh my god can this woman just go now please yeah yeah, yeah. which is which is impressive i guess like so um 
I'll plug another podcast. I did a podcast with my friend Brooke. I think it was episode three where we talked about how well written Umbridge was as a character. And it's super impressive that in a single book, which is the fifth one, she becomes this like really fleshed out hateable character to the extent like where people are hating her more so than they are Voldemort, even though he's had five books of progress to that point, right? And it's that, it is exactly that. Like you said, everyone knows someone who has invoked those feelings that Umbridge invokes. You you can you can comprehend it and you can empathize with the people that she with her victims not everyone has been hunted by a mass murderer so that's harder to empathize with right yeah i mean, that's that is that is it and because part of it i think as well is like jk rowling was and intent on saying that characters are gray which is true every person is gray but there's one per one character there's a couple but there's one character that i think definitely is not gray and is just pure good and I can't imagine them doing anything bad. And that is McGonagall. Yeah, I think uh, her and Neville, right, are the two you couldn't ever imagine, like, doing something morally bad. And if Neville did, yeah. it would be a mistake. Like, through yeah, no exactly. fault of his own. I think so. I, yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree with that, I think. There aren't many pure good characters. Mm. There aren't many pure evil characters. But, yeah, you're, yeah, McGonagall and Neville, like, nobody touches them. And that, yeah. And especially when you've got, you know, one of the evil characters going after one of the pure good characters. They use the stairs, don't they? I remember I used to study media studies. Yeah. And they're on the steps, and then they change position to McGonagall being at the bottom of the steps, and that whole power showing the power. And I just, I literally, I remember watching it for the first time, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is that's a good bit. <laughs> that's a good bit." I'm going to write an essay about that scene. Yeah. Look at the change in levels. I love it because I think they tried to flesh Voldemort out a bit, like in the Half Blood Prince book, right? By giving him the backstory, telling the story of the Gaunts and everything like that. And it's that's part of why it's my favourite book, because he stops being a caricature of an evil guy and you get a bit of a sense of, oh, he was a person who, you know, through circumstance and nurture was sent down this path of, of evil and no return. I don't think it does enough. I still think he's largely unrelatable as a villain, but that's mostly why it's my favourite book, I think, having that backstory. And I'm gutted they missed out in the films. Yeah, I mean, one of the best books and the worst film. In my opinion, I think everyone's like, "Oh, Chamber of Secrets is the worst film." No, no, no. And I ha- like, I'm a, I am a bit of a book purist in that I think there are parts of the books that you just cannot get rid of, mm-hmm. and all of the bits in the sixth film they got rid of were those bits. And then, like, they have the burrow burning down, and I'm like, and for oh, me, that was like, many. it was almost like a walk out of cinema moment. If I wasn't such a massive like, I wanted to, and then that's the other thing. I waited in that cinema to watch the final battle. And it wasn't there. Oh, I know. And I was like, so I was just absolutely, I haven't, it's the only film that I've rewatched once and that is it. I will not watch it again. Really? Because I, I, I think it has redeeming qualities. Like for me, it's the funniest, like by a long way. And it fleshes out like the human side of the characters in a very dark time, which I think is well done. There's a good balance. But I think you're right. I think in terms of, in terms of leaving out integral parts of the book, it's up there with the Goblet of Fire for me. Yeah. And I think the Goblet of Fire, you can it almost skirts over it. I don't know. I kind of I think there's so much in the Goblet of Fire book that it's like okay, fair enough. Order of the Phoenix could have easily been two films. Like, but Half Blood Prince, like a lot of it is fluff. Like a lot, like, and I, 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 yeah, I agree. Like the relationship side of it, and they are there's a shift where they're not young school kids anymore they are teenagers and you know but we grew up in the same time we were a similar age to the character so it was like oh this is really relatable yeah but they just they just get rid of all the key bits and i'm like how 
I don't believe anyone should feel like they should read the books either. So I'm like, I, the people that have just watched the films should have a fully rounded experience of this world and the characters, and they're not getting it. Yeah. Because of that film. And that's what I think, yeah. No, that's I fair don't. enough. I love a strong opinion. It's, um, I've got it's... so many. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, let's, let's see if we can bring another one out then. So we've talked about Snape and him being morally grey. We'll jump to Dumbledore now. Like, Dumbledore's morality. Where do we sit on Dumbledore? Oh, Dumbledore. See, again, it's one of those things where, like, I feel like I read the books and... Oh, no, I know I read the books when I was very young. Yeah. And I know that most people, when the books first come out, idolised Dumbledore. He was, like, the good character. Mm-hmm. So, in my head, for years and years, he is the good character. Yeah. And then, it's only been the last, I don't know, few months, even, where I'm like, oh my god, actually, because you read things through a lens, don't you? So, I yeah. read Harry Potter through my childhood lens, so, like, I can be analytical of the mm-hmm. characters and the storyline, but I'm like, I've made up my mind about these characters. I made up my mind about these characters when I was a child. Yeah. And now I'm struggling to change that. Um, but I mean, Dumbledore is terrible, isn't he? And it's devastating when you first realise it. Because I first realised it a few months ago and I was like, oh no, <laughs> he's so bad. That's it. And that's the thing. It's so... So my actually, my first series that I made on TikTok was Dumbledore is a fraud. And it was just five or six videos and they didn't do very well so I ended the series pretty early but um it was five or six videos of just why Dumbledore is a fraud like he's not the greatest wizard of all time he makes dreadful decisions and he's not a good person right but on the face of things he is a utilitarian right and I'd say like utilitarianism being the ethical process that you know pleasure for many people outweighs the sacrifices of a few it's the trolley argument incarnate right um Mm. I feel like on the surface of things, I too would be a utilitarian, right? I'd f- I feel like some people making a sacrifice is okay if lots and lots of people benefit from it, right? On the trolley argument, if three people are going to be hit by a train and I can pull a lever and make it so only one person is, I'm going to pull the lever, right? And that's Dumbledore in a nutshell. And I feel like when I read it, because you get the individual personalised stories of the people who are affected by his choices to do those things... It makes it sound so much more cold and evil, right? As an adult, yeah. totally right about reading it as a kid. I saw Dumbledore as I see my parents. Can't do any wrong. And then you get a bit older and you're like, oh, they're actually just people doing the best they can. And sometimes they mess up. And now I'm just like, he messes up a lot. To the detriment of a lot of people in quite significant ways, right? I agree. I, I do think that he has to do things in a certain way and if he knows that Harry is a Horcrux then he knows that's got to happen by the end then fair enough like nothing else is going to stop Voldemort unless that part of the that Horcrux is gone Mm -hmm. so fair enough but there are just all the other bits I'm like it's so unnecessary like Harry doesn't need to live with his auntie and uncle like you say that Hogwarts is the safest place on the planet and then you say oh no he's got to be with his auntie and uncle because of that weird curse like weird charm thing i'm like but hogwarts is the safest place on the planet and then he does you know it's just the same with like when remus is a is a werewolf and he's put in the shriek and shack i'm like i'm sure you can do better than that like yeah you've got the whole of the forbidden forest and but there are there are several instances of this things you're like why don't you do better and like 
I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it, it frustrates me because I'm like, you could have been, it could have been all good. And I think, I don't think J.K. Rowling, because in her head as well, Albus Severus Potter, right? So we know that J.K. Rowling considers Albus Dumbledore and Severus Snape to be these heroic people. Yeah. So we also know that it's just an oversight because it fits plot or whatever mm-hmm. that he they do all these bad things. So when Dumbledore's done all these bad things, I'm like, J.K. Rowling obviously didn't really think about it that much, but now we're thinking about it. And it's like, yeah. you can't hold him on a pedestal when he does all this awful stuff to so many people. Like the whole, I mean, I'm still angry and for the making, not being the keeper of the Fidelius charm for oh, James. And, like, what are you on about? Why can't you, you can't trust yourself. What do you think you were going to do? It's like Gandalf refusing to take the ring to Mount Doom. He's like, I'll be corrupted by it. You're not going to be corrupted by a Fidelius charm, mate. It's fine. Oh, it's just stupid, isn't it? It's like, what? he's going to just one day see Voldemort in the pub and have a few pints and go, oh, by the way, they're in Godric's Hollow, see in a bit. Like, oh, <laughs> what do you think uh, you're going to do? Oh, 100%. And like like you said about, um, he doesn't have to live in the abuse, Harry doesn't have to be taken to the abusive household with his auntie and uncle, right? Like, no. McGonagall literally says to him, these are the worst kinds of people, isn't there another way? And he's like, no. And it's like, at that point, no one thinks Sirius is guilty. So why don't you think he can live with Sirius at Grimmel Place and put the Fidelius charm there? Like, well, yeah, that's, like what's, yeah. what's I, I know you're saying he ha- oh, he has to live away from our people, but why does he? I, I, like in the Chamber of Secrets, it really bothers me, right? Because Dumbledore obviously doesn't think Hagrid and Aragog are the, are the culprit in the monster 50 years ago, right? So what on earth has Dumbledore been doing for 50 years to not try and track down the, the actual chamber and the actual monster? Why has he not tried to find these things and so it can just open and, and let it rip around the castle again? Like, what is he doing? It's, yeah, it's... Um, I'd like to think that it, what it is is that Dumbledore knows that Voldemort is going to come back. So what he's doing is making sure that when he comes back, there are various lures and things that will lure him in. Yeah. So, like... But what I really think is that J.K. Rowling didn't think about it. <laughs> yes. It, I think largely we are criticising characters for what are basically plot holes, not character flaws. Um, I love that. I love that we've just taken it on to such another level. And I think J.K. Rowling would like, you know, I think if she saw it all, she'd, well, who cares? But she'd also just be like, uh, that was just a mistake, but fair enough. That sounds better. That sounds like I thought about it. God, that's a whole other podcast topic. Though I feel like we shouldn't go down that hole. I tell you what, we will. What, what avenue we will go down is a couple of fun questions to wrap us up. Okay, so if you had to delete a house from Hogwarts, which house are you deleting? All of them. Oh, is tell me more. I don't believe in the house system. Full stop especially like in the real world i just think it's a bit like a bit of fun isn't it and it's a bit of yeah, like yeah. rivalry fair enough i do also think it's very private school i don't know that life so 100%. i don't get it but you can't have four houses and then for the rest of your life you're like 80 years old and you're going i was a gryffindor who cares <laughs> It's like like frat bros graduating, right, and being like, oh, I was Alpha Pi feeder, right? No one cares, you're 80 now. But that's it, isn't it? It's like, why? And they're so defining, though. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, the real answer, obviously, is Gryffindor, because any Gryffindor could be placed in another house. So it's quite straightforward. But then, with Slytherin, everyone in Slytherin is bad. So you can't 
like again get rid of Slytherin because it shouldn't be that just because you are cunning and whatever the other criteria are you're a bad person yeah and then do you know what I mean like Ravenclaw you can't just be known to be intelligent like there's more to a person than intelligent so yeah are we all Hufflepuffs I don't know maybe we're all Hufflepuffs but maybe we're all we're all miscellaneous yeah just miscellaneous. I just think yeah I think the wizarding world needs to get rid of the houses and they will mm. much, be much freer and there'll be much much less tension between them. Yeah, Ooh. plus at 11, having your like your personality be your main identifier and identify your family at this house, at uh, this this school, right, that you're going to spend most of the next seven years at. Like that's, 11 is early to do that. Come on, people develop beyond the age of 11. It's insane, yeah. I mean, it is insane. And the thing is, like, I could be in any house now, but when I was 11, I probably would have been a, a, a Hufflepuff. And yeah. then when I was, like, 15, I would have been a Ravenclaw. And then, Do you do you have a house? Do you identify with a house? Oh, well, I'm meant to be Gryffindor, according to right. Pottermore, five times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't... I don't know. I don't know what house I'd be in. Because mm. I, like, I took, I took the Pottermore test when it first came out, and I got Slytherin. And I, like, I took that quite seriously. Like, I still to this day will say I'm a Slytherin. But I know for a fact if I were to truthfully take the test today, I'd get Hufflepuff far more. Like, because I've grown into that kind of a more empathetic, loyal kind of person as opposed to, like, ambition and pride, right? Absolutely, yeah. I I think I was a Gryffindor. I have Gryffindor paraphernalia um, scattered around my house. But I think if I took it now, I'd be Slytherin. Because I know inside, I am definitely a Slytherin. I might present myself to be more of a... I don't know. Maybe I present myself as more of a Hufflepuff or Gryffindor. I don't know. But I would have said I know in, Yeah, I know inside that I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> nice. Friend, okay. My friends would know I am. <laughs> I love it. Good answer. Okay, next one. You can do you can do magic, but only one spell for the rest of your life. What spell are you taking? <laughs> I immediately, immediately went Avada Kedavra. Wow. Um, that's your Slytherin not, coming that's out. Me. That's my Slytherin. Oh dear, what a horrific person I am. Um, <laughs> what, right, oh god, oh, you could have some real fun with Glissio. I think they use it once. It's when they, they go down this, it's in the battle and they need to go down the stairs and Hermione turns it into a slide. Oh, so nice. She gets Glissio and the stairs turn into a slide. That would be hilarious. I would just walk around everywhere like Glissio and just watch all these like businessmen get on bank tube station on their asses. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's just have some fun. Why would why do you need to be like echoing, echo, echoing things across the room when you can just watch people slip downstairs? That's it, exactly. I mean, you can only do one <laughs> spell. You might as well make it a fun one. You're not going to exactly. do that much practically with only one spell. Yeah, let's give me that. <laughs> nice. All right, final question. If you were Voldemort, you're a Slytherin, you want to do a Vada Kedavra, you're halfway there. If you were Voldemort, what one thing would you want to turn into a Horcrux? What one thing? Oh, God, I'm so torn between the let's turn a random boot into a Horcrux or let's turn your pet into... No, um, what would I turn into a... Oh, what would I do? I mean, I wear this necklace for... I always wear this necklace. Mm-hmm. I have done since I was 14. So I think the most logical thing to do would be to turn my necklace into a Horcrux. It's the safest thing. I, I mean, and turning your pet into a Horcrux is dreadful because it might just die of old age anyway. That's true. I mean, Nagini was, I suppose, apparently a person. Um, apparently, so a bit yeah, different. Apparently. But yeah, no, I think I think my, yeah, my St. Christopher, because I've literally had it on since I was about 14. Nice. I think that's a really good answer. Really strong. Not my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Not your or cat. A, I mean, if you want it to be a, a cat. 
You can. Listen, Dan, mate, this has been this has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. If you want to do another episode in a couple of months, like, please do. It's been great. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Um, is there anything I want to plug? I don't think so. You can follow me on TikTok if you like, which is at Yeeted Zombie. Don't ask. Um, otherwise, I'll just plug being kind to one another on the internet. Aw. That's quite important. That's a very, I mean, that's not a very Slytherin way to sign out. I'm sticking with the Hufflepuff <laughs> yeah, way of presenting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Thank you so much.